Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 64. And today we are joined by Miss Cassia Henry, who is based in Trinidad and Tobago in San Fernando, to be precise. And she is the founder of CDB Design Studio. Hello, Cassia. Hi, good night. Good evening, good evening. Good Hello. evening. Hello to you in Trinidad. Hello from Trinidad. <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> you so much. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. So Cassia is a digital brand stylist with almost a decade of experience in graphics design and branding. And she lives by the motto, branding is my passion and passion is my brand, which is evidenced by dedication and keen eye for detail. Uh, based in the picturesque city of San Fernando in Trinidad and Tobago, Cassia uses her intuition, knowledge, and her natural flair for the creative to breathe new life into businesses and brands who need to reveal their true self and connect with their customers in an authentic way. Her gifts and talents can be seen with brands such as marketing, marketing dynamic business solutions, Carly Communications, TCG Management Company Limited, and She Casa, to name a few. All of those women, by the way, who have been featured on this platform. With the exception of She Casa, I don't think we have She Casa featured, but marketing dynamics, that's Adana. And we're going right. to that on the podcast. And Carly, we've done some things with Carly. And TJ, um, Tisha. Yeah. Tisha, yeah. All of these are um, lovely ladies who are building businesses in Trinidad. And her experience at various advertising agencies has led her to work with multinational companies such as the Bank of Baroda, Repsol, Linsil Products Limited, and the Guardian Group of Companies, which have served to help her develop her natural skills and talents. After founding House of CBD Limited, she has chosen to service both entrepreneurs and business owners with CDB Design Studio, as well as delve into Rydal invitations with CDB Lux invitations. And I believe you're pursuing your associate degree in graphic design, or have you completed that? Well, actually, I started, but I had, I couldn't finish because motherhood. Mm. But I learned so much between the degree mm -hmm. and work experience that I just haven't found the need to really complete it. Yeah, yeah, I probably would complete it in the, within the next five years yeah. as the kids are older. Hashtag mom life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hashtag mom life. How many kids do you have? Two. Okay. And they're quite young? Are they very Yeah, young? they're about five and seven. So they still need you a lot. So yeah, okay. yeah. So it's kind of hard like with running a business, being self-employed and having to go to school. And it's not actually critical to what I do in the sense that I still get results for clients and have strategies and I more or less just need like a year to finish off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I came into the degree with so much knowledge already because I learned so, so much of what I know is self-taught and from on the job. So it's just for the sake of the certificate, really. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I know where you're coming from. I understand that perfectly. And Eucratia's favorite quote is, above all else, I do this because it is something I've been passionate about. Being yeah. a creative, it is hard not to be true to oneself, and I could never exist pursuing something I was not excited about. I do it for my children as well, and I believe that while I am true to myself and follow my dreams, I become the best person and mother that I can be. That's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I found that 
my business gives me so much purpose and I feel like with me pursuing my passion, it's going to inspire them to live an authentic life that really lights them up. Because yeah. I feel like if I didn't do that, I would just be like going through the motions like everybody else goes through like their nine to four and they're just doing it just for the sake of doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. Definitely. So Cassia, welcome and tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today. Ooh, such a good question. <laughs> right. So how I got to where I am today, it's a series of events I would honestly say and I you know I say this in like my content and everything it's it has been a series of events mm -hmm. a journey you start off not really knowing where it's going to take you and mm -hmm. with each failure and success it has brought me closer to this niche I actually covered this just the other day on my Instagram live mm -hmm. where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for a long time, but over time, life kind of revealed to me and I just kind of, you know, put the clues together and you just follow the path. Sometimes you just don't have it all figured out and yeah. you just have to go with life. Right. So like when I was young, like about 13, 14, I had a journal. And I wrote on a list of things I wanted to do. I always knew I wanted to travel. I always basically knew I didn't want to sit in a cubicle mm -hmm. and just work at a job. I saw my career as being something creative mm -hmm. and fun and working behind the scenes in like a magazine. I wanted to model. I wanted to own my own business. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't know how it was going to come together. So as you can see right there, it all comes together into what I'm doing today. So right. my my career is not location dependent. So I do have the freedom to travel, which I absolutely love that I am not confined to one particular place. Mm -hmm. Then um, one day I was in school, I had a free period and then my teacher was like, um, you, you have to do art for CXC because it wasn't one of my subjects in the class that I ended up in. Right. And then she was like, okay, all right, fine. I'll, I'll do art for sexy because she was my art teacher since form one. And then form four, you know, when you get your subjects for sexy to do, it wasn't there. And she was like, no, 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 you have to do sexy because she knew, she saw my talent and how well I did in art and how much I liked it. Mm -hmm. At that point in time, I had no idea that there was a field called graphic design. So I signed up for it without not thinking about the future. I just did it because she said to do it. Right. And about a semester, um, not a semester, but a term in into doing the projects. I was like, well, what am I going to do with this afterwards? Because the only thing that came to mind with art was fine arts and a museum. And she was like, no, you can pursue graphic design. And she just so happened to be wearing a polo with the logo from Coconuts. It was like a popular club, club back then in Trinidad. And she's like, I designed the logo and they paid me to do this. And since then, my mind just was blown away. Like, really, I could make money doing this. Right. And ever since then, like, I found this school that I wanted to do graphic, this graphic design degree in and from New York. But life had it that, you know, I couldn't afford to go to this fancy schmancy yeah. <laughs> school in New York. Like, it was expensive. Yeah. But I always signed up for the um, intake 
thing because they used to send you like this magazine type folder with all the artwork and I just used to collect that and that kind of helped me keep the dream alive so at the point in time John D didn't have the graphic design degree they weren't running it and there was no one else doing graphic design so it's kind of like in limbo for a while yeah. I thought I wanted to be a flight attendant because that was my love for travel did the, the, the diploma program and everything like that. And yeah. then I was like unemployed for a while. And one thing led to the next where I ended up getting a job in an agency. Okay. And then when I started that job, just like that, Costat started their associate degree and John D started their program. And I signed up for both. I got through with John D, but I had to turn it down because it was full time. And then I went with Costat. And ever since then, I've just been doing graphic design. From the first day, they invited me to say, hey, come, you can come and learn graphics. Right. I would go there once a week. I jumped at the opportunity. And then eventually, they had an opening, and I was hired. And uh, I think it was like two months in just practicing the programs. I had like my first client, and it's been history ever since. So I know that's like a very long-winded explanation, but no yeah story so that's 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 kind of how it all happened yeah so it life really guided me to this place yeah hmm, incredible so today we are going to talk about branding and outsourcing from strategy to presence so as you know our audience are all early stage women entrepreneurs all mm -hmm. operating in developing economies so i think this is a really um interesting topic so why yes. this topic and why do you think this is important for women entrepreneurs particularly as they're starting out in business right so i'm very passionate about this so good, good, <laughs> i'm good. excited good, to answer good. this question and here's why i don't really like logo design i'll confess i think logos alone don't do anything for you as a business um nobody is really attracted they're attracted to the logo, but that does not hold your consumer. A brand holds your consumer. And that is where I found my niche in branding. Because so many people, they might have a nice logo, but their overall look was not cohesive. And they will just have like a one-off. Okay, I have my logo, I have business cards, and that's it. And they don't carry forward their brand essence and all the things that they do. And they're so caught up in just having the logo and some business cards that they forget to build their brand and their brand experience. So that's why I say brand strategy is more important because you can have a logo, but if there's no strategy afterwards, or even if you do the branding and you get the whole look, you, it's an exercise to continue doing it over and over and over again. Right. That's why people like myself and agencies, there's brand consulting, there's brand strategy. Every now and again, you need to have a strategy. You need to evaluate, okay, this is where I'm in business right now. What do I need to do with my branding, my marketing to take me to the next level? Because the, just throwing your logo out there into the world is not enough. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have to plan your marketing campaigns. Even if you're doing it yourself, mm. once you have an idea, okay, next three months, okay, let me use right now. We right. are in that phase of the year where we're shifting, right? Mm -hmm. July things slow down. Even yeah. August is slow because Summer most people time. are in 
it's summertime, people are going on vacation mm -hmm. and they're enjoying themselves. And August is that quiet time where businesses sit down and plot for the end of year sales. So from there's the Black Friday, there's back to school. Um, well, in the Caribbean, there's Diwali and all these different festivals coming up. Right. And in the States, there's, you know, the Black Friday, Thanksgiving, and it just come, keeps going boom, boom, boom down till Christmas. So you right. have to start planning from now on. August tends to be that time where businesses get quiet, mm -hmm. quiet because it slows down and quiet because they're strategizing. Okay, how am I going to end up the year with a bang? Yeah. So you have to plan your next three months and know what you want to market, how you want to market, market it what sales you want to embark on and then that works backwards as well to your brand and then you will know okay i need to create a sales funnel on my website i need to run this ad on facebook so that means i'm going to create this graphic also your content strategy as well must lead up to what you plan on selling so it's like you start with the end in mind and then you work backwards from there and that's where your marketing slash brand strategy comes in and my role is the visual brand strategy. So I will know how to put that together visually mm -hmm. so that you can get the attention of your customers and carry them through that sales process. Because from now, you have to keep them engaged. Right. You have to stand out. And the first thing that people see is your visuals. They don't just see the, the logo alone. Because if you have poor visuals, the logo could be how great it's not going to be captivating. Mm. So, like, that's why like, on Instagram, your feed is so important. Instagram okay. stories, you need to tell a great story. Because mm. one of the things I, it's a pet peeve of mine, is stories, think of it like um, those comic strips. Okay. Right? Those comic strips, you're going to see, like, about two, three, four, five boxes. I hate to see when people post a picture, a random picture, and that's it. You want to have a series of what a, a beginning, a middle, and an end where you're telling people about something, whether it's giving them value or showing a behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Kind of have it at least a, a slide of two or three, not just one random picture. So they've got to be building up and showing, showing a story. Yes. That's why they call it a story because a yeah. story has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, it's so, got a narrative. Yeah. It's got a narrative. And exactly. So all of that is branding. And it's not just what you do, but it's how you do it. Okay. So recently, one of my clients that I did logo design back before when I discovered that my passion is actually branding more than just doing random graphics here and there, is she had the logo, but then they weren't really maximizing on that brand development, which is constantly putting out content, um, showing pieces of your work. So the, the Facebook page looked great. You have a logo, but then there was no content there. You know, it wasn't active. So content creation is a big part of your brand strategy as well, especially in this day and age. Prime example, Kylie, who is like the youngest, what, millionaire that mm -hmm. was on can't remember the name of the magazine, but most of the viewers would be aware of Kylie's success on social media. She's very active on her social media. So you can't just have your logo and then sit back and then do nothing. You're not active. You're not showing up. Whether showing up online or physically, 
depending on your business, you will know what works and what doesn't work for you. Right. Right. So, yeah. So content, all that is part of your brand strategy. So my point I'm going to circle back to is it's not what you do, it's how you do it. For example, so she had the logo and now they have totally revamped their physical space that is more in line with their brand essence. So branding is an emotion, right, that you're going to evoke. So you can't like have a pretty logo and then your physical space or your digital space it's uninspiring, right? All that is going to play into your customer's brand experience. So like you go to Starbucks, you don't remember Starbucks because of their nice logo. You remember Starbucks because of the ambience, the feel, they have created a culture. So that's another aspect of branding, which is the culture. What culture are you cultivating in your physical and online spaces? Okay. Right. So that is also going to make people come back for more mm. or not come back for more. So all these things you really have to take into account. So like for me this year, my theme was experience. Okay. So I just wanted to refine every aspect of my brand experience. So I had invested in certain tools to make my clients experience from start to finish much smoother and that will also translate to you being the go-to and the leader in your industry because people recognize, okay, she knows what she's doing or they know what they're doing because I don't have to sit back and wonder, well, what's the next step? You should be ahead of your, your customer or your client. Got it. Got it. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see um, entrepreneurs making from your experience? Well, firstly, um, as I just mentioned, mm-hmm. they are in a frenzy to get a logo. And mm-hmm. I realized that they want to get a logo because it makes them feel like they're in business. Okay. Ah. Right. <laughs> yes. Of course. So it's a psychology thing like, okay, I'm official now. And they don't have anything to place it on most times. So, okay, let me get some business cards. Right. Yeah. So that is one of the mistakes. I think another one of the mistakes is not truly understanding your ideal client Mm -hmm. and building your brand identity around your ideal client so that you are in alignment with the people that you want to serve. Okay. And why do you think that happens? Is it just, like you said, just not having a clear strategy, not understanding why you're in business? Yes. Definitely strategy because many times people are new to business, so they don't understand the whole concept of well, ideal client and the demographics aspect of it. Because right. one of the misconceptions is that when you start business, you're serving everyone, mm, which isn't the case. <laughs> which isn't the case. You have an ideal client. There is a target audience or a target market that is going to be best suited to your business. That's really one of the biggest mistakes that I would say is getting caught up in that idea that you are marketing to everyone. By marketing to everyone, you serve no one. Right. Because then you can't zone in on what resonates with the person you're trying to attract. And do you think that happens just because when you're first starting out in business, you're just keen and you, you want to make money and you think, yes. okay, this is what I need to be doing. 
yeah. as opposed to saying to yourself, you know, slow and steady wins the race. I've got to find my niche. I've got to build things slowly. I've got to gradually build my way up. Yes, it is definitely a time. You see that first year, I would say first year to three years, you spend a lot of time in self-discovery. Oh yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah. So I would say, yes, get the logo, but it's most times not going to be the logo that you stick with. Mm. So, oh no, it's not. Because you're going to you change. Know, you're going to change. You're going to change and then you're going to realize, okay, this is my ideal client. And I need to create a brand identity being the actual essence of the brand as well as the visuals mm -hmm. that is going to resonate with them. So spend that time discovering and reflecting. So first three months, figure out, okay, what worked, what didn't work. Okay. Every three months, do that, reflect, okay. Make note of who you enjoyed serving and who got the best out of your service. Okay. So four and times, every three months, so that's four times a year, you need to be sitting down and reflecting on everything that you've been doing, what's been working, what's not been working, and eliminating those things, like keeping it as lean as possible. Those things that didn't work, get rid of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I say every three months because we're now on a 90-day time span because life and the way the world is operating goes so quickly mm -hmm. that we can't make five-year business plans. I mean, mm -hmm. you can have it if you're going for financing, etc. But to say that's going to be your, your, your go-to, like you're not going to have the same plans a year from now. Because right. things are changing and it changes so rapidly. Right. To figure out, well, okay, what am I going to do for the next 90 days? Okay. Next six months. I mean, have an idea for the whole year, but re-evaluate it every three months. It's a good time to evaluate okay what worked for me in the past three months what didn't work okay what else should we be doing because we're going from strategy to presence so is this someone that has no presence or is this someone that just has a presence and they're trying to figure it out well if you're new in business then you will be starting with no presence sometimes right. you can have a presence a little presence yeah. online, a little social media here and there but nothing to yeah it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. There are many people who are building their brands online, like their personal brand, or mm -hmm. they might start a hobbyist page that might be about a particular, let's say it's about animals or mm -hmm. a perfect example, Tasty. Tasty started out by building their brand before they actually opened their business in the sense of selling items. Mm -hmm. So you can't start off with a presence. So that is a good strategy as well, where you put out content yeah. and then you bring in the, the product or service afterwards. Okay. So all that is part of brand building. So it doesn't necessarily have to be starting from scratch because there are many people who have like 20K subscribers and they aren't selling anything. They're just putting out value. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one thing I've, I've learned um, over time is that there are a lot of people, like you said, they have 20,000, 30,000, 50, 60, even a million subscribers. Those yeah. are the ones that do, but they're not actually selling any products. They've just no. developed a brand around themselves. So they're mm -hmm. kind of celebrity status, which is great. And yeah. they have a major platform, but that has not translated into a product and a business. It's just, 
them and being an influencer and then obviously those people are approached by the big brands as you know to become Mm -hmm. you know they're the new once upon a time when we were growing up we used to see the celebrities representing the brands now you've got the actual brand influencers influencers which is fine but they're not they're a certain kind of entrepreneur but they're not building a business where they're selling a product and that's very that's very different would you agree yes i agree it is different but there are those in between that eventually do plan on selling a service right like they're building up towards it yeah yes they're building up towards it but for the sake of this conversation i'm speaking like mainly to the entrepreneurs who are now coming out and Mm. they have this business idea and they want to build up some following so that they can market their products and services too and um that first year to two years spend that time making notes of all your errors Mm -hmm. i i would say that ideally you shouldn't begin like branding your business until you're absolutely clear on who you are as a brand because Mm -hmm. essentially what i'm doing is creating the visual representation of who you are as a brand yeah and you need to know who you are as a brand first that identity that personality Mm before you can actually manifest it in a physical form. So mm-hmm. I really look to do your like full-on branding and a brand website two, three years in. Yeah. You know, and then use like templates. You know, you could do logo templates or a basic website to start off. You can DIY. Yeah. There are some for people. For you, some very simple platforms. So, okay. Yeah. So- what you're saying is when you're first starting out those two, three years, do not go spending ridiculous sums of money on extravagant and elaborate websites because things are going to change. So keep it yeah. simple. Use something simple like a Weebly if you're going to get a web designer or you could do something simple on um, what's, what's... Squarespace. Yeah, or any of those um, basic platforms and, and develop from there. But it's not a good idea to go and invest in a big website yet because you don't know what essentially what you're doing quite yet is that what you're saying okay yeah like you might be the expert in what you do but it from a business perspective you don't become fully refined in your offerings and how you want to approach your business that tends to evolve even if you are still within that service industry Mm. yeah 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 Yeah. Um, i've seen many people make that error they've changed you know yeah, they just change. Yeah, because it's, you, it's a natural progression. Absolutely, absolutely. Because even the big brands that we know about, they've been working on their products sometimes for 10 years before they actually became these big names that we know yeah. them today. And they'll tell you that when they first started out, it was just a blog or it was just a podcast or it was just this it was just something very simple and like you said with time they realized okay this is the market this is what people want and they started refining it and then it was like okay we've got the money we've got or we've got the the capital rather and we're ready to invest and make this something big so if you're just starting out you should not be investing in a fancy website because no one knows who you are exactly so you want to build first start off with something yeah okay so You've got, the first thing you said was um, 
reflect every three months. If you're going to invest in a website or something, make it simple. Okay, so this is going from strategy again to present. So what else should we be doing? Okay, so after you reflect and you are ready to, to brand, I would say sit down with a brand designer or a brand strategist rather than a graphic designer. Mm. A graphic designer knows how to create graphics, but they don't really understand branding mm. or they may not be passionate about branding. Right. So they don't see the picture as a whole for you. They won't be able to give you a strategy. Right. Yeah, because one of the first phases of designing with me mm -hmm. is I do a brand development phase. Okay. Because one of, and again, this is from me in my own trial and error in business is that I would get straight down to design and then I see the red flags and then the more red flags come and then they realize, no, that's not what I wanted. But then me as the brand strategist, I think that, that doesn't make any sense because you say you want this, but you say you're serving this ideal client, like this isn't going to resonate with them. So right. like one minute they say, I'm serving women. Mm -hmm. And then they say, well, it's supposed to serve the whole family. Mm -hmm. So then now the visuals are now catered towards attracting women rather than family. So it's absolutely mandatory to go through that brand development phase and session where we, I make sure that you are clear on your brand identity. And this is something that you do. This is one of your offerings, right? Yes. Yeah. So as a brand strategist, what, what do you do? What does that look like? Okay. So I contact you and I say, Hey, I'm into my third year in developing this sort of idea. I'm ready to monetize now and make it a business. I tell you everything I've been doing. I guess you listen to me, mm -hmm. you write down your notes and you, you, you get your creative juices going. And then what, what happens after that? Okay. So, well, after you've booked and you've decided, okay, and I, I'm sure that you are ready for branding. We have like a brand questionnaire that we go through. We have like a discussion. So we have that one hour session where we talk about who you want to serve, what you want to do, where you see the business, where you want to take it. Mm -hmm. And then I get inside your head by having you put together a brand inspiration board. Mm -hmm. So that way I can ensure that what you are looking for aesthetically lines up with the person you want to serve. Mm. And then I create the visuals from there that is going to suit who you want to serve. So if you start to pin stuff and without fail, anytime some the clients put together their I, I use Pinterest to do this exercise. When they put together that inspiration board and they hardly pin anything, mm. I know they're not clear on their brand identity. Because mm. they're not sure. That's why they have nothing to pin. Okay. Because you start to see it cohesively as well. If they're pinning too many random things and I step back and I can't really see, okay, well, there isn't a, a common thread happening here. Right. You know, because the, the problem with words is, your definition of, let's say, for example, chic or classy or gothic, mm -hmm. what that means to you might mean something totally different to somebody else. So there's no better way than to get down to the root of things by having you identify visuals that you like. Right. Or that you think are in line with who you want to serve. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So that's brand strategy. And then what else should we be doing after that? 
after that, I take care of the visuals. Mm -hmm. And you're pretty much set from there. Okay. You're pretty much set from there because that's the foundation. So you have like your brand Bible. I call it, it's not really called the brand Bible, but it acts as your Bible and your brand because it's your brand board or brand style guide. So it's, it's that, okay, so in corporate, mm -hmm. that brand style guide is more of like a book. But for small businesses, it could be as simple as a one-page document that sums up your main logo, your color palette, the icons that you would use, the fonts that you would use. All of these things, once you follow that, even if you change designers, you should maintain brand consistency. Right, because that is your identity. They're summed up in a document for anybody to follow for years and years and years to come. Then that is going to translate now to everything else that you create in your marketing. So that's social media, your website, and print media. Mm -hmm. So that brand board or brand style guide is going to be reflected in, let's say, your Instagram feed. Right. So it's all a reflection of your brand identity. Brand identity is the foundation. Okay. And how do you, how does one sort of differentiate between, okay, I'm building a personal brand versus I'm building a business brand? And because what's very popular now is to build a personal brand. Yes, it is. And everyone says, you got to build your personal brand. You got to build your personal brand because we don't do business with companies. We do business with people. So mm -hmm. do you suggest someone build their personal brand alongside building their business brand? Because, for example, if you're, if you're, if you're Sheila and Sheila is building a confectionery or a baking business, she's mm -hmm. not necessarily building it's not about her she's selling these cakes should she then build her business brand let's say she's called it sea cake factory or something like that should she build the business brand and her own does she have to build her own personal brand as well or is it okay for her just to focus on the business brand and sort of infuse elements of herself into that so people can see who she is what's your take on your suggestion on that first i just want to say this question that excites me that's <laughs> it yeah, yeah I, I love it that's good that's good exciting because it's something i have been paying attention to recently and i have gotten a similar question like that for social media and the question was should i use my logo for my profile picture or should i use my face mm. so yeah here goes it all depends on your business okay so for let me tell you my personal story is going to be kind of wrapped up into it as well so if you are building a brand that is mainly like a team. It depends on the image. Again, it comes right back to identity and the type of brand you want to build. Mm -hmm. If it is a team-based business, let's say you have started an agency, right? Okay. You're going to use your logo in your profile picture and you lead with, if you're going with more of a corporate image, you're going to, act a little more corporate or more of like a business business. Mm -hmm. But lately nowadays, sometimes it's better to lead with your face. Mm. So it all depends on what you want to do. So mm. I'll say, for example, Tisha exact as one of my clients. Mm -hmm. 
Yes, and please, everybody check out Tisha. She's on, she's got, what's Tisha's, Tisha's company called? TCJ Events. TCJmanagement.com is the website, but the brand name is TCJ Events. Yes, look for her on her website. She's also on my website, Interview and Podcast, and she's amazing. So shout out to Tisha. Yes, shout out to Tisha. Yes. She's done an excellent job of executing that wonderful brand identity that we established. Yes. Right? She's so really, really well. She's doing so well. Oh my God, it's amazing to see all the stuff she's doing. Yeah, she's one of those clients who make me proud. <laughs> she uses that brand style guide and I see some of the things that she's able to execute. Mm-hmm. Without my help, it just makes me so happy. But I feel like Tisha also has... Her a personal own, brand? Oh my God, yeah. Like her own style. I mean, everything, like her hair, just her whole aura. I feel like on her own, even if she doesn't try hard, she's her own, she doesn't try, her yeah. own brand. <laughs> you know? So I agree. Yeah, definitely. All right. So for example, Tisha, I know she does not like her being the face of the brand, but it so happens that she is. Mm. Right? But she's really trying to sculpt more of a corporate image so it really depends on what you want to do Mm. right so for her she wants to be able to fade into the background and not be the face of the brand so if that is your goal lead with the logo there are times especially when you're in the beginning phases of building your brand that you may not have much of a team and you're forced to be the face because mm-hmm. you don't have those three people sitting there that's going to lead the lives all the time. So it just naturally becomes, you're, you're the face of the brand. Yeah. And it helps people to connect with you when you, they can see a face to the brand. And that's actually one of her testimonies that she had on her old website. I'm, I can't, I'm not sure if she put it up on the new website. But when she put her face, she got a client because... Or she got attention because the person resonated with her, something about her. And you know, as we say in the Caribbean, you know, my blood take you. That was the yeah, words yeah, that yeah. they used. Uh-huh. Right. My, spirit, my spirit take you, we say that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it really depends. Now, I'm going to focus more on personal brands. So like for me, CDB Design Studio, I've kind of phased out in terms of using that as my branding. Mm. And... When me establishing myself as the branding queen, that was a name that was coined to me. So this is where we go into brand perception. Perception is basically your reputation. So when people start noticing you for a particular thing, you would find you being coined in a particular manner. So I decided to embrace that and I've more embraced the, the brand name, the branding queen. And also embracing me as a brand, which is Cassia Marina on social media. That's how I, that's what I go by. Okay. And what I've noticed is that every time I got referred for work, people never said, oh, go check out CDB Design Studio. Mm. They always tagged Cassia. And I used to be like, oh, why do they keep sending me to people to my personal page? So my DMs yeah. Yeah. always had people in my personal page rather than my business page because people really, I mean, rarely, tagged the business page and that told me something so that's an example of reflection okay people are resonating with me on a personal level rather than on the business level so that's why I I changed my profile picture to my face instead because I realized that I'm a personal brand more so than the agency look that I was trying to curate 
So you also have to go with what is resonating with people and not always what you are trying to create. Yeah. To go with what works. So yeah, definitely, definitely. And I guess what's in line with your values, because I know personally using secret birds, this is what I'm doing as an example. I started this three years ago and for the past three years, it's just been, like you said, trying to figure it out, firming mm -hmm. up the business model, generating content. But I, I knew exactly sort of where I wanted it to go. And I had a few things that I knew I did, I didn't want to do. And I knew from the outset, I didn't want this to be about me. I felt like right. if, if I'm building a platform that's celebrating entrepreneurs, why would it be about me? That just doesn't make any sense. It didn't, it didn't resonate with me that it should be about me. But mm -hmm. obviously the story of it being created began with me. So for mm -hmm. me, it was like the first three years, it was just putting putting out a lot of information about a lot of other people. And then slowly I'd kind of infuse myself a bit here and there because everybody that you read in branding and marketing says you people need to know who you are. You don't want yeah. to use this corporate name, which is fine. But for me, it's about finding that balance because I still don't want the business to be about me. But I appreciate that I have to share the story of how it started with me. I have to put myself out there. But I don't want it to the focus to be on me. I think if I were building something like a, cons a consultation service, maybe it would be mm -hmm. different. But it just never seemed right to build a community that celebrates women, but then have it all about me. It just didn't make any sense. I felt right. like it should always be about those other women. But naturally, you'll see my face here and there. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously, as the model develops and things are firmed up a bit more, you'll be seeing more of my face. But I think those first three years, it was really just about making it about everybody else because that's what I wanted the platform to be. So like you said, I think it's just, and it worked because people have been so interested in reading about all these, you know, features and so on. But for somebody else, it might be something different because like you said, I've had people say, like they'll tag me and like they'll say i did an interview or i did a podcast with secret birds and joanne hamilton and i'm like okay that's cool but sometimes they'll they would say joanne and i'm like no 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 no, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't say that but i'm thinking it but that's why i've been pushing the brand secret birds secret birds secret birds so right. hard because i want it to be about this brand and not about about myself I see myself as the engine the entrepreneur building a brand but not being the brand myself if that makes sense yes I totally understand what you mean however yeah. um but I don't know you being the face doesn't necessarily mean that it's all about you now yeah. take, take Oprah for example oh yeah yeah Oprah. Oprah is the brand but she has been telling stories other people's stories but it wasn't focused so much on her so it's really how you do it yeah definitely I think it's just about finding the right balance um I've definitely mm -hmm. I've definitely seen the benefit of people knowing who I am obviously because it's like oh so this is the person that does this and this yeah is the founder and this is why she does it but at the same time she's celebrating you know she's created something for other people based on her mm -hmm. own story so now that there's this new like rebranding coming out you're going to see a bit more of me but it's really about striking the balance but I think initially because like you said you don't know what you're doing I was just like mm -hmm. okay I've just got to push out lots and lots of content and content. I, think, I think for a while people were just like okay secret birds but who what is this who is behind this is this a company yeah. like I've actually had people send me dms on secret birds and saying oh your team and your company and I'm just like this is interesting you know <laughs> how you can yeah. build a whole 
build like this business brand, whatever, mm-hmm. and people actually think you've got like a team of a hundred people, you know? Yeah. When yeah. you really don't. That is the beauty of <laughs> social media. Yeah, yeah. It so can... this kind of takes me to um the outsourcing aspect of it. Yeah. But before I shift into the outsourcing and speaking on team, sure. um, I wanted to wrap up the question on the personal brand versus the business brand. Yes, please. So I'm sorry. We'll when that. you are like the talent of the business, mm-hmm. personal brands make more sense. That's what I found for myself. Um, the question that I got the other day on social media, the person who asks is a personal trainer. So you're going to use... Again, so this, so this is a prime example. It really depends on the type of business and the industry that you serve. So when you are the talent and people are going to be working with you a lot one-on-one, you mm-hmm. want to show your face. You want to embrace personal branding as much as possible. Yes, you'll have a logo, mm-hmm. but on your social media platforms, show your face, be warm and inviting in the picture, have eye contact because the personal brand is who people are going to resonate with and you want to lead with your face in those aspects. Okay. So that's why I use like Oprah as an example because she is the person that it's a talk show. Mm. So she is the person who's at the forefront, who's leading everything. But of course now Oprah has like this multi-million she has the own network, etc. But she still has her personal brand, but then she has a business brand. So you can't have both. Mm. Your business brand can operate in the background. Okay. So that's uh, something to, to think about. And well. I, like what, I like what you said, if you are the talent. So, and again, this goes back to what kind of business you're building. If you're building right. a, a PR business and you're doing PR for, say, uh, travel, that's the area you're in. You don't necessarily need to be the face of the company unless you're doing a lot of traveling yourself. So you're showing that you're traveling and you're representing PR companies, but you, you don't necessarily have to be the face. No one ever has to know who you are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like if you're doing graphic design, then probably everybody will know who you are because you're the talent. Yeah. So that's what made me realize that the personal branding is what was working for me because Anytime somebody referred to me or sent people my way, it was Cassia they would call. Mm. They would never say CDB Design Studio or check out CDB Design Studio. Check out Cassia. Mm. You know, so okay. I, I realized, okay, I, I need to embrace personal branding versus the agency look. Yeah. And yeah. And you know something that I, I, I feel pretty comfortable with it. No, that's incredible. And I wanted to share something else that I know um, I've been thinking about as well is where do you see this business 10, 15 years from now? Is it something that you're going to hand over or bequeath to someone else? Is it something that you're always going to be running? I think that also will help you to determine whether you want to be the face because what happens is if you're the face of the brand and then at some point you choose to step away, that can be such a huge detriment to the business because everyone associates the business with you and then you're no longer there. And mm. that, that may not necessarily be a good thing. So you have to think about, okay, I, am, I might be the CEO, I might be the founder, you might see me a bit, but five years from now, then you might see somebody else. But, it doesn't, yeah. but that doesn't change the brand or who we are or what we do. It's just somebody else is at the helm. You know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. something to think about as well. I think it's a very easy transition because currently yeah. my business name is House of CDB Limited. So that is where it would shift to in the long run where I have 
a team of people or a couple creatives, but I, I would be operating more in the creative director sense, but still leading with me because that is what I built over the years. So again, prime example, Oprah, um, Michael Jordan, he has the, the line of shoes. So leading as a personal brand doesn't limit you. It actually allows you to introduce those company brands later down the road because you've built such a strong brand reputation, trust, etc. So right. people know, okay, that's so by so's company, then um, it makes it a lot easier because brands build off of other brands. That's another thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So hmm, let's recap. So, okay, so you're going from strategy to presence, okay? So first thing you need to be doing is re-evaluating every three months. So that's four times a year. It doesn't have to be anything over the top. It could be just something as simple as sitting down with your pen and notepad and thinking about what has worked and what hasn't worked, okay? Mm -hmm. um, you need to invest in, a, a, if you're going to invest in a website or a blog, it should be basic. It should be something, do it yourself. Don't spend copious amounts of money on something where you don't even know it's going just yet. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. you need to enlist the help of a brand strategist, AKA you. <laughs> yeah. And um, you will then help to, to bring this all together and, and help this person to develop their brand. And this is very different to, like you said, um, or even just to make it make sense. Sometimes you just need like a conversation. So you can have a consultation session as well. Right. And this is very different to a graphic designer. However, if the brand strategist is also a graphic designer, then that's, that's brilliant, right? Because they yes. can translate what, what your brand is into a visual. Okay. Yeah. And you need to obviously have your social media, your marketing, your social, however you're going to be communicating with the world, your social media, your website, and, and print media. Um, we mm -hmm. just talked about establishing whether you're going to have a personal brand or business brand, or if you're going to do both, if you're going to have a bit of a, of a fusion of the two. Mm -hmm. And um, so to wrap up, what would you say is um, the final thing that, that we should be thinking about or doing? Okay. So your online presence, mm -hmm. obviously um, a big part of that is your website. Okay. So whether you have a physical storefront or an online storefront, I think everybody should have an online space. And I always recommend the online space, especially when you are bootstrapping. We live in an age where you don't necessarily need to have a high street office. It helps you save on cost. And because so much of business nowadays aren't really meeting in person, so many people now take offices and they don't need it. They come and they sit there and it's just them alone. Maybe they and their assistant when you can just do things remotely, mm. you know, like this call right now happening remotely. Yep. So many business calls, everything is happening online that yep. you don't need to have a physical space. You can, if you want to, if you can afford it, yep. but the most affordable option is also a big misconception that a website is expensive. And it's not expensive when you take into consideration how much money you would spend on your first month's rent and that first deposit, it's a website right there. Yeah. And then the monthly maintenance cost of our website, it's a drop in the 
the ocean in comparison to a physical space. I mean, if you're think if you're building a basic website, let's say that will run you like what, at what twenty five hundred. Let's say twenty five hundred at most. At most, yeah. if you have yeah. someone do it for you, and if you yeah. break that down, let's say twenty five hundred, and you break that down into twelve months, you are looking at two hundred and eight. Let's talking in in pounds, for example, two hundred eight yeah. pounds for a month for having a website. That is still going to be significantly less than renting a physical space, yeah, and and all the other stuff. And then you've got something that people can go to, to find you. You've got mm -hmm. presence and that's so much. Presence, exactly. Yeah. And, and I mean, too so many, it's a mindset thing in the Caribbean. That's really what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. so when you do the math, it's, it's not expensive. It's the mindset shift that yeah. we are so caught up in. I want to meet you in person or I want, I want to have an office because it's an ego thing to, to be like, Oh, I have an office. And yeah, yeah, then right. two or three months <laughs> down the road, Oh, you don't have the office anymore because Oh my gosh, the rent these days are so expensive. The rent was always expensive. <laughs> yeah, But in this day and age, no one, every, I mean, with the internet, no one really has offices unless you know, you're even, no, they don't. even, even solicitors and accountants nowadays don't have offices. They work for no. home. And they work from all your home. Documents online, like it's it's quite it's it's kind of dated to have an office. It is dated unless you have a massive team and right and your your team is in it. You need your team to be together. That's different. But most people don't have offices nowadays. No, and even if you have a team, you can meet up and have your meetings even at home or find a spot where you can do um you can rent out a spot and do those team meetings mm. there are, there are so many ways that big multi-million american companies they run remotely but then they have these um retreats where mm. the teams get together so they get to connect with each other on that level because sometimes being together in the flesh brings the team closer and really unifies you and you, you sync but many of us are just building businesses on our own mm -hmm. and we get the help of others by outsourcing so if you are outsourcing this is another reason why you don't need to have a physical space you get together you have a zoom call or a skype call and video really does feel like you're in person um if you do not have a physical storefront especially if you're a service-based business you mm. don't need a a, a, a fancy office because many times you don't meet the people that you work with on a daily basis right Right. right, and your website gives a sense of trust to new buyers who don't know about you. It's uh, your website also is not meant to be a lookbook. It's supposed to be converting people for you. It's part of your team. It's an investment. And if your website isn't working for you, well, then something isn't right. And then I would say still contact someone like myself or a brand strategist or somebody who understands sales funnels etc etc where they can come look at your website audit it and tell you what you can do so there are many options for you even if you're diy and where you can solicit the help of professionals without having to hire somebody straight out the gate to do it for you so there there are tons of options it's just you need to reach out to people and ask them hey do you do audits do you do consulting so you can help me do it without you actually doing it for me where I don't have to hire you because that will obviously be the cheaper option where I give you, okay, or, or they give you actionable steps to make your website convert better. Okay.
Okay. And a lot of people, especially in the Caribbean, because it's free, social media is generally free. They're stuck on social media. Mm. And social media is supposed to work with your website. So your website is your home. It's your hub. Yeah. Social media is where you connect. Okay. okay. Where you get noticed, you find new leads, and you connect with people, and then you bring them to your online home. Okay. Where you convert them there. I've seen too many people con trying to convert people right there on social media. Okay. And it's, it's a longer process. It's not automated. When people land on your website, it should carry them through a, a subconscious process or sales funnel where, okay, there are specific call to actions, the way the copy is going to take them to your page to book a call with you or you can check out and buy. Mm -hmm. not you camping out on social media talking to people for a half an hour <laughs> yeah yeah you know that it's not efficient yeah i feel like you know social media i i study a lot of it i i follow a lot of different people and i because i want to learn you know i'm always in learning mode learn from what others are doing see how other people are doing it what works what doesn't work you try to mm -hmm. incorporate some of what other people are doing but then you also see a lot of things and i always I always try to look behind the facade. Does that really work? Is that person really doing that? Or is that like a show? Is, yeah. that, is that authentic? Because you never yeah. know with social you media. You never know. It's very easy to put on that facade. I, I will admit it is. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, okay. But then, you know, the Americans say fake it till you make it. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you, you should kind Ooh, of find a, a healthy balance where... You are not, you are being, what's the word that I'm looking for? Genuine. Authentic, yeah. That's yes, genuine, authentic, and having good morals in what you do. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm at a stage, I think because I came to starting my own business at, I mean, I'm about to turn 40, right? And I started mm -hmm. this thing three years ago. I think because I came to this at diff this age, I have mm -hmm. a, a, a different kind of mindset. I want it to be authentic. I want it to be valid. I want to take my time. And I want, I've got, that's the mindset that I have. But I think if I came to this, say, in my early 20s, which is so popular now, and which is great, you know, you can start your business when you're 19 if you want to. I would probably have a different mindset. So I think it's yeah. also where you are, you know, like having worked in the corporate world and having done consulting and helping other people build their businesses. I think I've seen for me what works and what doesn't work. And I've always said to myself, if I'm going to do something, it's got to be, it's got to be real. For me, there's nothing to gain from putting up a show. Like I don't see the point. <laughs> I agree. So, like, Sadly, not many people think like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's going to work for your brand in the end because mm. from a sustainability perspective, like we said earlier, people want to connect with, with something genuine and something. Real. I love those words you just used. I'm yeah. always preaching sustainability. And yeah. you also use another good term, their brand. Many people aren't thinking about the brand that they are building. They are just trying to make the quick sale today. Yeah. And now, and they're just willing to tell people whatever they want to hear. Yeah, I want this to outlive me, you know? I'm thinking mm -hmm. about a legacy. So I think if you're thinking along those lines, you should really 
be as true to who you are. I mean, you know, there've been people who've said to me, oh my God, but you're taking so long. For me, I feel like mm-hmm. it's better to take five, six years to develop something really good than mm-hmm. to, and I, you know, or, or however long you have to give yourself until you say, okay, I need to move on to something else. But you need to be authentic in what you build because for the yeah. long term, you're not, you're not going to build something sustainable. If but, you you're not, but here's the thing, you're not taking long. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> people, think, people think that yeah. things are overnight success. And they're not. They're not. What yeah. I have observed about the people who are names today or influencers or the people that we follow mm-hmm. have been putting out content. I notice a common thread. The magic number is four to six years. Mm-hmm. And people are not aware that they have been putting out content consistently for four to six years. You only know about them today. You only hear about them today. And it's so funny. I was listening to a podcast just last week that cemented or confirmed my observation. She said, the name of the podcast, How to Make Money Fast. Mm -hmm. And she said, how to make money fast is that you do a lot of work for about four to six years she's been putting out content for about six years now and then one day the money comes fast or the exposure comes fast or you go viral after putting out content for six years so it seems as though you just showed up today when really you've been doing this for so long yeah i remember being in a a conference and i said i feel like i've been building content forever and the lady in charge she's a a super tech person you know she's worked with all these big companies in silicon valley and i said three years and she laughed at me she was like joanne please (laughs) (laughs) that's nothing she said yes brands in the world have been putting out content and trying to figure it out for five six years she's like what are you talking about and i said okay (laughs) well here's the great thing about that that was my reality check (laughs) <laughs> the great thing about that is that remember I said that the best time to rebrand is in three years. You've hit your three-year mark. Yeah. So when things really start to go rapidly by that fourth, fifth, sixth year, you have that clean, clear image for yourself, both visually and clarity-wise. Many people don't have clarity on what they're doing and you, you have done, you're, you're on the right track. That's, that's what I will say. Thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. And thank you so much for this incredible podcast. This has been really helpful. And uh, yeah, I've definitely learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have. So before we leave, what um, words of encouragement would you like to, to, to finish off with for our listeners, for our audience? Well, my words of encouragement would be don't give up. In the spirit of branding, branding is all about consistency. So after you get cohesive, Mm -hmm. you have to be consistent with that cohesive look, feel, um, brand personality, which is your identity, your essence, your being, what you stand for as a brand, who you serve, etc. Be consistent with that. Mm -hmm. You know, just continuing from that whole putting out content. It's all about being consistent. Consistency trumps any day. So don't give up. I mean, you might need to rest. Yeah. But get back up and keep being consistent in whatever it is that you're doing and whatever your mission is. Brilliant. Consistent. 
that's such great 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 encouragement and where can we find you tell us about your website um and your social media links and everything so so people can find you online all right so uh, my website is brandingqueen.me mm -hmm. and instagram is underscore branding queen facebook same thing branding queen um you can also add me on facebook if you like um that's cassia marina okay perfect and is there anything that you need help with or that you're looking for or collaboration or partnering and um that you'd like to share with our audience so that they'll know and if they're interested they can reach out to you collaborations right now it's more on doing more pr okay um, things like this like podcasts interviews articles so if there's anybody who is interested in doing something like that with me um i'm definitely interested in that all right brilliant well thank you so much thank you for all awesome. all the work that you're doing helping us lost souls along the way <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no problem. It's really important, everything that you're doing. I think people underestimate branding. I think people underestimate how important it is It's in those initial stages of business. It's, it's a pillar. It's a building block. You really, mm -hmm. really, really, really need it. And um, it's, it's great stuff that you're doing. So thank you so much for all the work you do. You're all, you are appreciated. Thank you. And I look forward to having you back on the podcast again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. I'll be happy to be back. Okay, great. All right. Okay, lovely ones. So you know where to reach Cassia. And I hope you've learned something from this podcast because I know that I have. So until next time, bye for now.